Hey, hello, hi, hi, hi. Thanks for being here. It's so nice to have you back. This is, or here for the first time, this is showing up messy. And whether you're a returning showing up messy patron or a brand new listener, I welcome you with so much love and gratitude that you are spending some of your valuable time, the most valuable resource one might say, with me. My name is Katie. My name is Katie Barbaro. That's if you want to Google me, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm just a person, but I also I do a lot of different things. I have a lot of different creative outlets, and I'm very passionate about helping other people come into themselves in a way that makes them feel alive and happy to be exactly who they are. And I've discovered that this often, not just often, it always involves a lot of messiness because we are human beings and there is nothing inside of you that doesn't belong there. And in my life, I've often tried to make myself appear a certain way in order to, because I thought that I should do that. And it actually just involves rejecting parts of myself. So giving myself permission to show up messy as all of myself has changed the way that I show up in the world. And I would love to invite you to do the same thing in your life. But the cool thing about this podcast is you don't have to do anything. You can just listen to me talk for however long this is. And uh, that's uh, that's just, that's where we're going to start for now. Um, I've spent the past year of my life. This was, this was my intention, actually. While I was traveling for the past year, I had been living in New York and I decided that I was actually working with a, a life coach, which is something that I, I do now professionally. Um, but, and working with a life coach, Rebecca Nanfria, she's an amazing coach and you should work with her or me. I mean, I can promote both of us. We're great. Um, (laughs) but I was working with her at a time in New York when I was, Hmm. I was doing comedy. I had moved to New York um, from Los Angeles after working full-time as an occupational therapist, which is a profession that I love, but it wasn't my um, only love. And, you know, doing things that we love is great, but the the story that we're telling ourselves around it is also really important. And so at the time I was, um, a pediatric occupational therapist and, but kind of related to that career as a, something that I needed in order to feel like a valid human being, which is insane and not true, but we often feel that way around, careers and around, oh, okay, great. I, I mean, yes, I, I do improv and stand up on the side, but like, don't worry, I'm still a person. I have a master's degree and a license in this um, therapeutic profession. So take me seriously. You know, that, um, that comedy stuff is just for fun. And it's so interesting because the actual things that occupy our lives like can look exactly identical, but our relationship to them gives them the meaning that they hold in our lives. So I still love, like I love doing comedy. Well, okay, let me just backpedal. I I do. I love, I love comedy. I love, and I also love occupational therapy and I have a lot of other loves in my life as well. But I no longer relate to them as things that I need in order to be like worthy of walking on this planet. Right. Um, so that was a big shift. Moving to New York was a big shift 
um, for me because it was for the first time in my life that I was taking my creative dreams seriously. So this side hobby that I spent almost all of my free time um, participating in, which was like improv and stand up. And it had also been a, a relationship that I was giving myself to in a way that wasn't really honoring myself. It was like, I, I was, um, you know, it taught me so much because like looking back on it, I can see the ways in which I wasn't showing up as a whole person. I was showing up as a, um, as a missing piece in another person's, uh, pie chart or something. There's, I recently been introduced to a Shel Silverstein poem book called The Big O, which is relates to this visually. So you can Google that. It's not something that me describing it would like paint the picture for you. Basically, there's either you're either a big O or you're a missing piece looking for something to fit yourself into. And at the end of the day, you're going to discover you are actually capable of becoming a big O on your own. And we can just roll around with a lot of other O's. It's really fun. Okay, I guess I did. I did. I, I did the metaphor. So you can, but you can still look it up. Shell Silverstein, the big O. Um, but yeah, this was a, this was a time in my life when I was in Los Angeles that I felt, which was also home for me. This was like me being in this bubble of comfort, but it was uncomfortable being there, right? It was uncomfortable because I wasn't fully becoming my O. I wasn't fully rounding out and stepping into all that I was. Like I find in general, I find that it's so easy to be myself around people that I'm meeting for the first time because there's no expectation. Um, But if I'm around people who know me or think they know who I am, not their fault, of course they have an idea of who I am. They've known me my whole life. Then I put the pressure on myself to fit whatever I think their perception of me is. So um, this little O needed to roll away. (laughs) This partial O needed to roll away to become a big O by living in New York. And for the first time, really honoring these desires that I had that seemed inappropriate like no like you can't just like become a an actor you can't just become a stand-up comedian as like a job like sure you can do that but to do it without a backup plan would be irresponsible um and I will say like I'm so grateful I'm I'm so grateful that every step of my life has been exactly what it's been because it's been exactly what it's needed to be there's no judgment about any part of my path it was just at this particular moment I needed to roll away and really create a life for myself where I didn't feel any energetic pressure from like the people around me I could really expand into who I was or who I thought I was or who I thought I might be, right? Because we can all change at any moment. Like at any moment, you can decide you want something to be different in your life. And there's there's something you can do to shift towards that because all of our whole life is just our perception of it. And so for me, a really really incredible way of shifting my perception is to physically change my environment. Um, It's a really helpful, easy way to like completely snap into the present moment because it's, it becomes necessary for survival to be present when you're in a completely new I need to, wow, I think I'm clearing a lot of, (laughs) I think I'm actually clearing a lot of stuck energy in my throat chakra. This is amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm so happy to be doing this. Okay, where were we? I um I actually forget where we were exactly. Oh no, did I leave on a really fun note? Was it really happy? <laughs> um wow, I feel so good. I feel so good doing this. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for doing this. And thank you, listener, for listening. It's so nice that we're both here together. And it feels really right to be restarting this podcast. I feel a new sense of flow around it and really like this is what I'm meant to be doing. So it it just honestly having to clear my throat right now made me feel like, oh, I need to there's a lot I need to clear around this. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here to witness that. Uh, so I was in New York and, oh yes. So the, I love, I love just immersing myself in a new environment that forces me to snap into the present moment because it becomes so necessary for survival when you're in the middle of a completely new country and a completely, completely new neighborhood. Like you need to, you need to be aware of your surroundings. You need to be making eye contact with people and like feeling, feeling how you feel around them, feeling how you respond to certain environments. It just brings such acute awareness to my experience when I'm somewhere new. And, um, and, so New York really gave me that for a lot of my life. And I started doing stand-up comedy there. I started doing, continued doing improv, but with a new group of people and um, started a private practice that was related to occupational therapy with, with children. And I love that so much. In fact, I am like so excited right now. I'm currently living in Seattle, but I'm going to be traveling to New York in less than a week um, to start working with a family through this same private practice that I have, um, that I started a few years ago when I was in New York. And I could not be more excited to, I feel like I'm going back home. Like I feel like it's going to be, um, I just, I love that city so much. And I feel this way about so many places that I've lived before. Like they feel like little homes. Like I have my home. I don't really have a home. I'm honestly still intentionally homeless, <laughs> but I have the home that I came from. And then I have all of these side homes all over the world. And it just really fills my heart and Sometimes it's overwhelming how much love I have for a lot of people that I just can't possibly tell on a daily basis how much I love them, but I feel a lot of uh, love for them. So actually, this is so nice because if I do a podcast every week, I can just share myself with the people that I love. And there's so many people and you're one of them. Don't worry. Not that you were worried. Why would you be worried? Um, thank you for being here. I love you so much. And I am so, it's so exciting. I feel so happy. Okay. So I'm going to New York again in less than a week. And I, but I was also there. I moved there about four years ago, a little, a little over four years ago and lived there for three years. And it was such a, it was really transformative for me. And then at the end, towards the end of the three years, I was kind of feeling itchy, like stand up wasn't giving me the kind of transformation it did initially like stand-up gave me this outlet for how to use my voice and really take ownership of my stories and it helped me through um a lot of a lot of the sticky situations in life so as we're talking about like showing up in the messiness like that's completely what stand-up was for me I was like I found myself in a very messy position of trying to rebuild my life after realizing that I had built my life around other people and 
becoming and owning my story and my and actually like making light of certain things that felt very heavy was really healing for me. And but at a certain point it was like it wasn't invigorating me in the way that it had been before. And that's not a diss to stand up. That's just where I was in my life. And um and so working with a life coach, that's where we were. Um <laughs> working with Rebecca, I'll just call her Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca, are you listening? You might probably are. Um, you're one of those people I love. Okay. (laughs) Obviously you all are. Okay. Back to, back to focus, Katie, focus. Okay. Here we go. Um, so I just remember creating this. Oh my God. I'm like, really? I'm honestly clearing so much. It's amazing. It's like, it's so funny. This is so funny. <laughs> okay. So working with Rebecca, uh, at one point I... So in working with Rebecca, I identified what my values were. And this was the first time I had really taken the time to consider that I might have values that are different than other people's values. We all do. We all have a unique set of things that are important to us. Like if you think about how many different ways there are to be a person, it's nearly infinite. There are billions of people alive just right now that all have a different set of desires and values and needs that make them feel like themselves. And so I realized that this is where the disconnect was because my whole life I had adopted my values or I had taken the values of just other people in my life, like whether it's my parents or you know, teachers or mostly people who slightly disapproved of me. And I was like, Oh, let me, let me just change everything that I am in order to fit into your mold of what a person might be. And, you know, the, so the process of really like getting clear on what my personal values were, were completely, it was so empowering to do that, to realize like, oh, what I value more than anything is truth and authenticity. And if I can have that in my life, I feel safe. And I also value connection. So connecting with myself and with other people and with a higher power and allowing those channels to be flowing consistently is really important to me. And I really value creative expression and playfulness and playful interactions with people. So for me, it's more valuable for me to spend time with someone who makes me laugh than it is to like, I don't know, get another degree. Okay. That's, it's a hard analogy. That's not, they take different amounts of time, but like I might prioritize a certain interaction, um, just based on my values of like, Oh, this person, like I gravitate towards people who I feel, I can feel when, when someone's being authentic and true to themselves around me. And I don't judge people. I mean, I don't, if I, if I'm, I probably do, I judge people who are not, who are not, um, being honest with themselves, but then I, then I catch myself judging them and realize, oh, they're just not aware of this deeper truth that might exist there, or they don't feel safe around me, um, or around whoever we're around to be their complete selves. And so it's not for me to say, oh, you're not authentic. You don't get to come into my inner circle. Um, but I 
can notice like who is available for that kind of connection and they get invited in much faster. And if someone's not available for that kind of connection, I'm here to support them on their journey. If that's something that serves both of us or just be on separate paths and that's okay. Um, and so that was a big, oh, that was just so huge realizing that my values were valid and I didn't need to constantly look to other people for support or validation. Lots of V words going on here. Is that a coincidence? I think not. Um, but supporting, getting support from other people became less important than just trusting myself and looking to, okay, what are the things that make me feel alive? And what are the things that make me feel like me? And this was coming at a time when I was deciding where I'd be living for the next year. And one of my values is, um, well, it's like, yeah, what was, what was the value that made me, it's really, I feel like this was a combination of all of them, but essentially I decided to not renew my lease in New York and to become intentionally homeless and travel the world for a year. I put a year on it because I wanted to give it an honest try. Like, cause I knew I'd want to, well, I don't know. I didn't know what I would want to do, but I just wanted to make sure I was committing to, um, this lifestyle for at least a year. And, um, and that's what I did. And I, I've spent the past year traveling probably nine months of those were international. I went to, um, Iceland and I went to, that's where I started. And I lived there for a month and a half. I could give, Oh my gosh, like I want to go into my entire journey. We don't have time on this podcast episode, but we do over the course of infinity weeks. I'm sure there will be so many stories that come out um, from different times and different spaces. So I'm not really worried about it, but um, I'll give, I'll just do a quick country rundown. That seems manageable. Um, we went to, we, I say we a lot cause it's like me and also my, and myself. It's like me (laughs) and it's the Royal we, it's just, it's fun. It's how we travel. (laughs) It's how we get around the world. Um, so, and I should also mention some other logistical things. Like I, this was uh, this trip, like deciding to do this was also really for the first time me investing in myself and, and not just like getting by, financially where it comes to, um, like I, I can be rather miserly with my funds, you know, and I kind of have this story in my head that I need to be working and saving. I'm a big saver. I've saved a lot for a long time. I'm a big, I'm a very frugal, frugal lady. And so this was me actually being honest with myself about like, you could, you could afford to do this. You could afford to not work for a year and really invest in yourself. Like you get to be your own benefactor, right? You feel called to go out into the world and just be you and not have to like you're going to want to be of service just because that's what we always want to do. But like, you don't have to make it look like anything in particular and you don't need to get money in exchange for it. And, um, yeah, so that was a really big gift I gave to myself. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I do. I save a lot of, I save a lot. I've saved a lot throughout my life. And so I, the the reason I was able to do this trip is because I had the, I had the resources for it. I was never in a point where I was worried about, um, about money. However, I did also, I traveled pretty frugally as well, um, which is like something I'd be happy to talk more about. Um, just a lot of the, the way that I travel is usually, Honest, I've, I've, this is, this trip was all about following my heart and that's what my life is also. My life is about 
following my heart and my desires. And so this would also, this would often bring me to just travel based on people that I wanted to see or people I wanted to meet, people I wanted to work for. I did a lot of um, volunteer as I volunteer work as I traveled. There's a website called workaway.info that allows host families to match up with um, volunteers or it might be host families or individuals or um, different organizations that are looking for um, people to volunteer for them and in exchange for room and board. And so I did that with um, a family that I absolutely adore in Iceland. They, I was there for three weeks and it was so fun. I mean the whole, okay. So I I really want to go into like every little juicy detail of my trip, but we would be here all day and just want to say again, Hey, thanks for being here. This is fun. Okay. So I went to Iceland and had a great time. I was there for a month and a half and then went to, uh, I'll just rattle them off, but there's London and Chesterfield. Oh my God. Little Chesterfield. So, so sweet. Um, we had, okay, this is actually, this is a UK sandwich that we did. It was very fun. We went London, Chesterfield, Manchester for a hot second. And then over to Belfast, Northern Ireland, where I met, okay, I have to go into all the details because it's just so, they're all so fun. I'm just like happy thinking about them. Um, I got to meet up with my best friend, Helen and her family who she, she used to live in Northern Ireland. So I got to meet her entire and probably not even entire, just part of her extended family who lives there. And like, I mean, this is just the, that's probably the essence of like, that is a travel experience I would prioritize over literally anything else. Like, I don't care about what did I not see? I didn't go to like the cliffs of Moher or like the other, there were a lot of things I didn't see in Ireland, but like I did see Helen's family and that was amazing. It was so fun. It was like so much love and laughter and just amazing to see this place that my best friend grew up too and get to experience it with her. And I, uh, I just loved that so much. And I remember, okay, so back to Chesterfield, I know we haven't gone back there yet, but, um, living there with Emily, like that was one of the most serendipitous. It was probably like my first real serendipitous move that I made on this journey and like finding Emily, Um, I found her on work away and we connected immediately. We basically had identical podcasts. It's so funny that I'm here talking about it on this podcast. Um, Because at the time I was really trying to start, I was really trying to do my podcast as I was traveling, but it just felt so hard. Um, But we found each other and immediately connected through work away. We just like messaged and instantly fell in love with each other. I was like, you are so freaking cool. I love, she just, I searched the word, the way I found her, cause I was in Iceland doing this. Okay. So I'm in Iceland being like, so where should I go next? I have this whole year of travel ahead of me. Interesting. How do I find the next place that I want to go? And I was searching the work away website and I was going by location, but then I decided to instead search for the word artist and Emily popped up and also I have so many Emily's in my life that I like love so much. Like if your name is Emily, you are just like a beacon of, oh my God, it's like one of my, the names that just like tells me I'm, I'm in the right place. And I think it's this like playful, joyful, like creature is around. <laughs> that's like what my Emily's are. Oh, that's so fun. It's so nice. It's like such a comforting Emily. Wow. I just realized that that's so consistent throughout a lot of my life and my travels. So if your name's Emily, please feel free to introduce yourself to me. And <laughs> if I don't know you already, um, but 
So when I arrived at her house, it was like just we we started recording podcast episodes, which I don't they're not up here yet. And yeah, I don't know if they, maybe they will be. This would be a nice time to like stick one in. Um, but I remember saying like, this is my sitting here on your couch is my Taj Mahal, like meeting you, having this connection and like being here is really more important to me than any touristy attraction I could see in the entire world. Like this is what's, this is the juicy stuff for me. And that's really how I feel about the way that I travel and the decisions I make. And, you know, right now I'm living in Seattle and I'm staying with like, with Kathy and Bill, who I love so much. And they, it's like my connection with them is why I'm here. I'm not really, and I mean, I love, I haven't done the space needle. I haven't been, um, you know, I came, I came to Seattle following my heart and I'm still here following my heart. So it's just, um, yeah, it feels so good to really see how that's been true across all areas of my life. Um, and so, yeah, it's great. Okay. Back to the, back to the UK sandwich. So we did (laughs) Northern Ireland, Ireland, back to Chesterfield, back to London, took a bus. Very cool. You can get a bus from London to Paris for probably $20. It's amazing. I highly recommend it if you're into nine hour bus rides, which I am. And just because you get so much alone time, it's so fun. And you're like, Katie, you've been solo traveling for a year. Don't you get a lot of alone time? And the answer is no, (laughs) I really don't. Um, I still savor it and I savor mandatory alone time. Like it still feels nice to be like, to not have another choice of like being, yeah, I just love, I love feeling unavailable, like on planes <laughs> and I love, um, it's, it's really fun. It's possible to recreate in other situations, but not with the same, mm, you know, so Okay. Then we're in Paris. Oh my God. And then there's, and then the mystery trip comes in where Sammy, you know, her from season two episode, no, maybe season one. I don't know what season it was of, of this podcast. Um, but you can actually, this episode is available to you where you can listen to my conversation with Sammy. And she, um, sent me to Amsterdam, which was a mystery trip. It was so fun for Christmas. And then I went to Rome to meet my friend, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Oh, this is so fun. I feel like I have so much love is, <laughs> is this like someone showing their baby pictures to the world? Probably. And why wouldn't you love that? Babies are the best. So, uh, we went to Rome. Then we went to, um, Israel to stay with Leslie in Tel Aviv. Oh my gosh. What a great, like staying with Leslie was so wonderful. Like we had actually become friends in, (laughs) we were both going to study abroad in Paris over, not in Paris, in Dijon, um, for in high in college. And we met each other just at the info meeting for this, this trip we were both going to take. And then five minutes later decided like, Hey, would you want to just travel with each other for a couple of months or for several weeks outside of this trip? And thanks. And we both agreed to it. And then, yeah, our relationship just developed from there. And it was just incredible to like reconnect with her. And, and I feel like our relationship now is just so much stronger than it was even before that. It's just wild. I mean, it's, it's so fun. Um, (laughs) and yeah and it's like like also each of these experiences have taught me so much about myself really like this is what it feels like to bump up against different environments but also different people and like the things that you see reflected in other people actually show you more about what's present inside of you and so sometimes this can be uncomfortable when you meet someone that you're like, I don't like you so much. Like all those things that you don't like about that person are also things you don't like about yourself. But when you're 
and it's not really a but. <laughs> so it's actually just like showing you the things in yourself you can love more. It's not about you have to go out and love everyone else. It's just every time you don't love someone, there's a part of you, a messy part, shall we tie it back in? There's a messy part of you that needs more love. That's all it means. And um, yeah. And then when the fun part of that little theory about how to about connecting with people. The fun part is that when you meet someone who you really love and really lights you up, it's because that person reflects something back to you that's present in yourself. And how beautiful. Um, I was thinking a lot about this related to this podcast, actually, because um this also goes along with like attraction, like when you're attracted to somebody, um, even if it's, you know, if it's somebody who is a um, public figure who you don't really know, um, or, or, or like sexual attraction, like if you're attracted to um, a person, it's really important to pay attention to what you are attracted to in that person. Because oftentimes, the we can get into like codependent relationships when we see that um, someone else has something we want or that we want to embody. And so it's easy to um, see it as just attraction. Like, oh, I think that that's really attractive that they do this or whatever. And really um, that quality that you're attracted to is just a signal for what wants to be embodied in yourself. So for instance, if I were say attracted to someone who has a podcast and I'm like, Oh, that's like so great that they do that. Um, (laughs) like it's, it would be, Um, I would be in trouble if I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm attracted to this person instead of realizing, oh, I'm really attracted to this quality because I myself am wanting to um, have my own podcast and that I can. uh, So basically, yeah, like I want to embody that quality in myself. And then once I'm doing that, if I'm conscious of it, if I'm like aware that that's like, you know, not only something, either something that I'm capable of or that whatever it is in my being that wants to be integrated, if I'm letting that actually integrate and embody it myself, then I can be the big O again and I can be available for um, actually connecting from a place of sovereignty rather than from a place of, oh, I need you to fulfill um, this need I'm perceiving I have, you know, so... Um, that is how to get around attraction, (laughs) not get around it, how to use attraction as a way to empower yourself in those ways that you might be attracted to someone else. Like one of my favorite, um, examples of this. And I just realized like, should I be name dropping as much as I am? I feel like everyone's just a big friend of mine, (laughs) but maybe I, maybe I won't. So I'm just going to start being like really, um, cryptic. <laughs> I think I've only mentioned friends. I've only mentioned people in very positive lights, but still it's, it, it's maybe a good practice to just not say people's names. <laughs> I don't know. We'll decide. I have to have a team meeting later and see what we think about saying names, a team meeting with myself and maybe the people who, whose names I've said. Um, okay. So, but one thing that a friend of mine said, that really stuck with me was he was talking about, um, another person. Um, he was saying how he was so attracted to the way she was dancing, um, at this particular event and that what he did instead of like acting on his attraction in that moment, he actually just went home and danced like her and, that's such, it just really stuck with me because, um, if there's also attraction, like beyond that level, like, of course, um, 
it's a great way to connect with people is based on attraction and love. And, you know, those are wonderful. Um, those are wonderful feelings that can like, uh, lead us into connection with other people. Um, but to save yourself from like being attracted, um, and then becoming dependent upon a certain relationship or like, um, yeah, you can kind of like use this as a way to take the blinders off. So you're not just like, oh my God, you're so amazing. It's actually like, oh my God, I'm so amazing. I can do these things. I can, um, yeah. And then you get to actually see the person for who they are. They're not just like a person who dances well, or it's like, they're a whole person, (laughs) but it's easy to be blinded by the attraction because you're like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing in this way. Instead of just seeing them as another human, um, like yourself. So that's fun. Okay, cool. So where were we? Were we in Tel Aviv? Was this Israel? I think so. Cause I was talking about Leslie who I name dropped and this is just going to be a name dropping <laughs> episode. Um, why not? I feel like everyone is my family and friends and we're all just, you're all just welcome to be here. Um, okay, great, 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 great. Then after that, I went to Stockholm for one second, just a layover and went to Thailand for two months and then Bali for two months and then back to the Netherlands, um, which I love so much for almost two months. And then back to America. And so that was my trip. Wow. This is really, I'm really giving you the whole this is where we are now. This is probably, honestly, this was what the first episode needed to be. I wanted to get into like, I wanted to get into more of the juiciness of where I am right now. But I think everything leading up to right now has been um, important to cover. So yeah, it's really nice. I mean, and I did mention I'm, I'm in Seattle currently. Um, and so the reason why I feel inspired to start sharing every, every week and committing to doing a podcast with regularity, um, is one that it helps me cultivate intimacy with myself by talking into a recording device. I literally do this even when I'm not doing a podcast for everybody else. Like I sometimes will like leave myself a voice message as a voice memo. Um, if I'm, especially if I'm feeling uncomfortable or have like a big feeling, it helps me to really reflect on what's going on. And it always just is such a relief and a release. And that's a, so that's a way that I like to show up messy, um, in my, in my own life. And, uh, yeah, so I actually find it to be such a grounding practice. It can be really grounding to like use, um, to also record voice memos for close friends. Um, and I would encourage anybody who's interested in doing stuff like that to try it out and see what it's like. Um, to actually share your voice with people, um, can be really, it's not only helpful. It doesn't only like build greater intimacy with, with them, but it does build this greater intimacy with yourself because even though you constantly have, and maybe I don't know how much chatter you have going on in your mind, but you probably have a steady stream of thoughts or reflections throughout your day to actually bring them out into the light is a way of just gaining more clarity about what's really going on for you. Cause once you speak it aloud, you can tell if it sounds true or not. So what I'm saying right now feels true to me and I can tell when I'm using a voice, there's different voices that I can use that have different levels of, um, of truth or authenticity. And it's not to say that I'm 
not being myself, if I'm in one of those other voices, it just means that it's a different aspect of myself that I'm um, relying on or using because for some reason I don't feel completely safe being vulnerable. There's some curtain that needs to be like lifted um, so that I can let my truth come forward. So at the beginning of recording this, I was recording a million different like introductions or I had, I didn't really know how to start and I was kind of stuttering and I like didn't know uh, what would be, yeah, it kind of felt like re restarting an awkward conversation or like, uh, like, yeah, having a conversation after like an awkward period of silence with a friend. That's how this felt like. Um, at first. And then I was able to, I guess what helped me was actually closing my eyes and getting into my own, my own energy. Um, and not so much thinking about who's everyone who's going to be listening, but just, um, actually focusing (laughs) to be honest, the, I realized this would be something I'd love to send to a new client. I also do like, you know, with like a coaching client, for instance, and it's like, I would love to, um, like, what if I'm just introducing myself to someone who doesn't know me at all? And so that was the intention that I used behind, um, behind sharing this, because if I'm imagining somebody who I know really well, it would feel belabored to go through and talk about my experience over the past, um, you know, several years of my life, but it feels worthwhile to share, um, with someone who's getting to know me for the first time. So that was what really helped me in this moment. (laughs) And yeah, I I guess the the things that I want to share are like different uh, things that I've used to help myself get more grounded in who I am and access my own authentic power, my own, just my own voice and my own energy, my own perspective. And so there are many roads that lead to clarity and that lead to living an authentic life, right? There's it's, I'm not here claiming to have the road. I'm just here to really let you know, I'm committed to staying open and staying rooted in myself and like creating and discovering clarity in my own messiness. And so, yeah, I've used a lot of different ways, like a lot of different strategies and paths have helped me to awaken to greater clarity in my own life. And so I just want to, um, continue to commit to showing up messy and, uh, and share some of that with all of you. So I'm thinking about this, like what are some of the things that help me feel centered and grounded and myself? And one of them is I'm actually really excited. I'm going tonight to ecstatic dance and dancing in general is something that like just gets it's like so important for me to get into my body and to like really feel what's going on in my body and oh my gosh I could do a whole episode on ecstatic dance and maybe I will maybe I'll record one when I'm done with ecstatic dance today um the first time I did this was in New York and I also did it a lot in Thailand and Bali and um, and a couple times here in, in Seattle and it's so wonderful. It's basically music plays. It's a conscious dance party. So there's no alcohol or drugs. You're just there, um, as your, your sober self and you, um, kind of about like making yourself into drugs. It's really cool. Cause you know how you, you basically have the capacity to be drugs. And so you, cause it's just brain chemicals, brain chemistry. So you're, you're basically, 
Um, it's just about moving your body to the music, however it wants to move. And for me, and this is like something they say there too. It's not just my, I'm not, I'm not bringing this up as a, like, this is my secret private strategy. But like what we do is, is just like really focus on connecting with yourself. And that's, what's so helpful for me, um, is learning how to, um, connect with my own energy. Um, and I got really distracted because my computer just dinged. You probably couldn't even hear it though. Um, but yeah, so connecting with my own energy in ecstatic dance and then you just really, there's no talking on the dance floor. So you're just there and you get to dance however you want to. And as long as it doesn't hurt yourself or others, and then you get to like go around and just, yeah, you do whatever you can dance with other people. And if they don't want to dance with you, you can, there's a little hand motion you can do just to signal that you don't want to dance with anybody. And so sometimes I don't feel like dancing with other people. Sometimes I do. Um, it's, it's really great. (laughs) Um, and I can always tell, like going to ecstatic dance is one of those places where I can tell where my energy is at. Like if I'm feeling really like a needy and like I want, like it's interesting to see who I'm attracted to there. Um, Cause sometimes I'm like, oh, I want that person's attention or like they look fun. And I like see the things that I actually want to embody in myself or yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. You can always, and you can feel from other people when they, are open to connection or not. And it's such a, it's, it's just really, it's really cool. I always feel like myself after doing that. It's interesting. I feel like myself right now after doing all this talking, I love to talk. (laughs) Um, but it's more than just talking. I like to talk from a place of truth and I feel really grounded right now. So I feel grateful to, be reinstating this as a practice in my life and invite you to join me on the journey. Um, I plan to talk about what's going on in my life, but also the, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. It's not so much about the people that I'm, (laughs) yeah, like it's, it's not really about the, what did I do this week? It's more about what's the process going on behind that and how is it, um, yeah, how am I showing up messy, (laughs) essentially? So, yeah, I don't, I don't intend to brag about my life, but I do think I realized, oh yeah, I do, I'm, I'm really in a sort of flow of figuring things out as I go along and, finding a lot of gifts and, um, and just expansion in being open to following my desires. And I know that it's kind of funny. It's like, I, I am not traveling internationally right now, but I am really still traveling um, based on my desires and my whims and my, I mean, the desires that feel really true to me and moving towards them always gives me more information. If it's, um, if it's more of a yes or more of a no, like I can, you know, if I have a desire and then I actually do it, I actually go and get the thing that I want. It will give me more information about what I actually want. So that's why it's never bad. It's never bad to follow, what you want. I think maybe sometimes you can do it in your mind without having to necessarily take an entire, like a big life shift. You could just be like, Oh, I think I want to join the circus. And then you're like, okay, why I want to join the circus. I'm going to get there. And then there's going to be a bunch of, uh, elephants and like people who have, I don't know, it's going to be, it's going to turn out to just be a job, just like my job that I hate. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe I just want to join the circus because I want to shift something at my job, whatever. 
you hear what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is, um, I love you so much and I support you on your journey. And I, um, intend to share my journey with you. Um, and yeah, and really take it seriously. It's funny. This is actually, I was recently thinking about this concept of, you know, I really believe, like, I actually believe everybody needs to take themselves a lot less seriously, right? Like, I feel that that's how I feel for myself. Like, it's so, oh my gosh, like, it's such a joy to be ourselves if we can actually just be ourselves, um, right? But, like, we take ourselves so seriously that it's, like, hard to just relax and, like, be the happy, joyful, playful soul that you are sometimes because you're like, I have to do all of these things anyways. But first, before you can take yourself less seriously, it's actually important to take yourself very seriously, meaning taking yourself seriously, like taking your experience, all the messy parts of you seriously, listening to them, allowing them to be there. And then once you do that and you see them clearly and you get to actually feel what's true for you and then you know just kind of go into the fun part (laughs) because you're like oh it's actually fun to be myself um and but I will say too that taking yourself seriously or like when it comes to um you know interacting with other people it's so important to honor who they are and and to take them very seriously, even if they have a perspective that you don't agree with. Um, it's actually so helpful to first acknowledge the ways in which they make sense and like, Oh, I see why you would feel this way. Or if you don't actually see that, maybe like take a second and figure out why they might feel the way they feel. And then once people feel truly seen and heard, um, then they're much more open to seeing and hearing you. And then you can both be really open to being like, okay, cool. Oh, wait, at the end of the day, we're just like people floating around and maybe we could be friends. (laughs) Um, anyways, we could just take ourselves less seriously, like take our attachments to these beliefs less seriously once we take them very seriously, once we feel very seen and heard and, um, appreciated, then it's like, great, cool. Like for instance, I'm thinking about this right now for like this podcast, I feel like has had, I feel like I've been very serious for a lot of this episode. And a lot of that comes from wanting to be clear and also wanting to, um, I guess really take myself seriously. Like it's really important for me to um, get connected to what I want my message to be um, and what I want to share um, from a place that feels really rooted and authentic. And so um, I can see how in the, in some, some cases I would want to like diffuse the tension that I'm building up with like humor or taking myself less seriously. But I'm really conscious that like, I don't want to diffuse the, my message or like basically deflate my message with humor. Like, Oh, but all of this doesn't matter anyways. Like that's not the, that's not the point. Like there can be humor on this side of sincerity, but I think a lot of times I would use humor as a way, and this is probably why I took a break from stand-up, which is like I was using humor as a way to um, deflect or to make light of things that I sincerely believed and wanted to communicate. And it doesn't mean that things aren't fun on the other end of it. It just means that there's something inside of me that like needs to be really expressed in a sincere, genuine manner. And then we can also, um, and then there's all this room to laugh and like not take ourselves so seriously because I'm taking myself very seriously. 
Um, I hope that makes sense because I've said those words probably 20 times. See, that was kind of funny, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> now it's funny, but I, I did. Yeah, no, I mean it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if you don't, I can't believe you made it this far into the episode. Um, I really, I really genuinely am so grateful that you are here and I hope to serve you by just showing up, whatever that looks like every week. Um, and that's, that's our time. I, I will see you next week on Showing Up Messy.